Hey everybody, this is King Legend on King Legend Talks. Welcome to the show. On this special episode, is actually my birthday. So go ahead and wish me a happy birthday real quick. Appreciate that. So listen up, we have a special edition, like I said, on this episode of King Legend Talks. Um, it's also the day of my book release. Ventilator is out. Go get it on Amazon right now. It's $7 on paperback. on the Kindle version. Um, On this episode of King Legend Talks, we're going to go ahead and we're going to be allowing uh, coronavirus survivors to come share their story. Um, It's such an amazing thing to see people be so willing to come forward and just share this message of hope that there's still hope out there while at the same time raising awareness to what is very serious, a very serious virus. So, I'm not going to hold you guys up too much longer. Let's go ahead and get this episode started. Make sure if it's your first time listening to King Legend Talks, that you go ahead and follow the show right here on Spotify. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Happy birthday. Thank you so much. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I love your lights. Thank you. You know, I had to do something to make it a little bit cool. It looks very good. <laughs> so how have you been doing? Good, good. We're planning a road trip, um, a second one. Okay. So um, introduce yourself to the people that's listening in on Spotify right now and tell them a little bit about what you do. So my name's Morgana. My husband, who's over there, and I started a project called COVID-19 Survivor Diaries back in April when it started spreading in New York. Mm-hmm. And um, we've been sharing stories of survivors ever since. So we went on a short road trip where we met you and we got to photograph you and share your story. And now we're yeah. planning a, a longer one where we're going to drive from New York to Seattle so that we can document more stories of people across the country. You know, I find that so amazing. And I just want to say I appreciate everything you're doing to uh, just keep that awareness out there as far as COVID-19 goes. How do you and your husband keep yourselves safe while you're traveling on the road so much? Interesting. Um Interesting story. So we, on this road trip, we decided we wanted to try to find a way to be more self-contained so we don't have to stay in public places and in hotels and stuff. Mm -hmm. So we ended up, um, we're going to get an Airstream so that we can just stay in the camper the whole way. And then, of course, when we see people, we wear masks. We Mm -hmm. stay six feet apart. We meet people outside and stuff like that. So that's kind of the plan for now. Did you want to say something? No, I just wanted to turn the camera. So that's so interesting to me. Um, So tell me about the first, um, you know, uh, person you met that had COVID-19 on your journey. Sierra, the first, the very first survivor we photographed was a doctor, an emergency room doctor up in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, uh, works in a couple different hospitals and he got it, um, pretty early on and wow. thankfully had a pretty light case and went like right back into it and started taking care of other patients. And then the second person that we photographed, her name's Jen. She's a nurse in New York city and she's immune compromised. So she ended up having quite a rough battle with it. She didn't, she wasn't hospitalized as long as you were, mm-hmm. um, but she's had a lot of long hauler symptoms. She has not, she wasn't able to go back to work for a couple of months and she's had ongoing debilitating symptoms that doctors are still trying to figure out what wow. is going on. So it's been quite complicated. But the other exciting thing about her is when I first saw her story, I thought this is a film um, and we weren't planning to do film at the time, mm-hmm. uh, but we started filming a little bit of her story and I pitched it to, to National Geographic and they ended up deciding to include it in an upcoming documentary that they're working on. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So that actually comes out this Sunday at 10 p.m., I believe. Um, okay. So the second survivor we, we photographed will be on in this Nat Geo documentary this weekend. That's amazing. So I know with everything that you're doing, you have to be happy with the amount of response you've getting, you know, um, from actually going out there and just taking it upon yourself to raise awareness like that. So, you know, I like to think of you guys as, you know, you have mountain climbers that like to climb the mountains. It's very safe. Other people have done it a lot. And then you got those guys that like to climb the volcanoes. Okay, there's a whole different breed. You don't even know when it's going to erupt. 
Well, you guys are just amazing. Um, so I do have one question for you. Yep. Have you ever, um, well, first, have you ever caught COVID-19? I'm just asking. So we don't know. We definitely had some cold-like symptoms back in April and March and April. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of the sort of, like, we had the, the dry cough. We had the fatigue. We've probably had what feels like brain fog. Mm -hmm. um, but we've been tested. We're in New York. Um, so I know. That's why I had to ask. I mean, yeah, New York, the like numbers were sky high. Yeah, we were here during the worst of it, you know, and we live in a in an apartment building, so it's highly, you know, possible somebody in our building had it, but mm. the building won't tell us. Yeah. So it's very possible we were exposed, um, and we might have had a mild case, but we didn't get tested for a couple of months. Okay. So at that point, we tested negative, and yeah, so we could have had it. We don't know, but we've never tested positive. So in your own opinion, do you feel like companies or organizations should be forced to let people know when um, other people have been uh, involved with the COVID-19? So that's a really interesting question. I'd love to hear your opinion on it. Um, and we were just talking with some other survivors about it. I know somebody who had to quit their job because their company wouldn't tell them if somebody had it where mm. they worked. And they take care of an elderly mother. And so they were putting their mom at risk. And so they ultimately quit their job because they didn't feel like it was safe for their mom. Exactly. Um, so my personal opinion is that contract tracing is how we stop this as mm -hmm. well. It's one of the big ways that we stop it. And if we can't tell people who has it or where, I'm not saying we need to say names, sorry, but I do think it's important to know where it is. And if we can't do that, how are we supposed to, protect other people so i think it's important for people to know but that's i agree that's I, I agree i agree with you on that i believe it is um something that everyone should know um i'm not saying you got to put them on blast but you do need to at least mark the hot zones where you know for a fact hey you might be taking a risk if you walk down this hallway and touch this door handle right now mm -hmm. you know um because the way the virus can spread is so quick it's airborne and then it also can be touched from droplets that come from you know just anything in your nose or anything like that mm -hmm. so the virus has an easy way and it's highly contagious so mm -hmm. for that reason is why i believe that they should let people know um you can do it um in a discreet way i don't feel like you have to point the finger and say hey it was that person yeah. You know, but it it definitely needs to be uh, some kind of caution put in place um, that other people are aware, in my opinion. You know? I agree. I completely yeah. agree. So I guess my next question I will ask for you is, um, what's the plan now for your next trip? So the plan now is to drive across the country. We're going to go from New York down to Florida and then kind of across Louisiana, Alabama, over to Texas. Then wow. we're going to go... To the Navajo Nation, um, which is between a couple different states. So we'll drive through New Mexico, Arizona, then we'll go up Utah, and mm -hmm. then over to Washington. I'm originally from Washington, so we're going to get there by Christmas. Um, oh my God. Now, where do you plan on spending Christmas? At the North Pole? <laughs> <laughs> Great question. Um, no, we've been, I haven't been home for Christmas in a couple of years, so we're going to spend Christmas in Seattle with my mom. Oh, wow. Well, I hope you guys have a wonderful trip, safe travels, and I appreciate you for coming on to the show. Thank you. Not Can I share one more thing with you before we go? Of course. Of course. Go ahead. I think you're in this. So I'm working on a book, too, but it's not nearly as amazing as yours is. But we're having a – I'm making a photography book. Okay. Um, so this is like the rough draft. It's not – Looks wonderful finished, already. But we're getting there, and um, we're going to highlight you in it, too. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, but congratulations on your book. Yes, book Ventilator just came out. I got the copy today. That's it's amazing. You wrote that so fast. I'm so well, impressed. A lot of people don't know me, know, know this about me, but I'm going to tell you anyway. When I was in elementary school, yes, I'm taking you all the way back to elementary. In the fifth grade, I got a perfect score on my writing as well, okay? So ever since then, I knew that I had the skills to write. Uh -huh. So it's it's one of those tools I've always had in my toolbox, but I never pulled out because I never used it or had to. 
I mean, you're an incredible storyteller just listening to you and hearing your story. So I can, I can definitely tell. Oh, well, I really appreciate that. It was a pleasure meeting you. Likewise. Yep. Happy birthday. Thank you. I almost look, so much has gone on. I almost forgot it was my birthday. I mean, I'm just so overwhelmed. Uh, I'm blessed. Like literally before I came on here, I was just on the news. Uh, they did a whole special about me. Like it's going to be on my Instagram probably tomorrow. Cause I already posted too much today. <laughs> so, yeah. So I'm going to definitely put that out there later, but it's just been a blessing in disguise. Um, the whole COVID-19 situation. I thank God every day that I actually survived it because I know so many people that actually wasn't as fortunate to make it off the ventilator, which gives me that drive to to spread this um, awareness even more. You know, I have purpose every day I wake up and see someone not with a mask on, you know, like seriously. So uh, with that, that, a bit, that ambition and drive that I have for me now, as far as um, spreading this message, it gives me that purpose. And I talk about that in my book. Um, having purpose is so important. So, like, when you wake up in the morning, you already know what you're planning on doing. Like, I, hey, we're trying to go to Texas. We're trying to go to Cali. We got this mapped out. Now all we got to do is drive. You know, you, <laughs> so that's just such a blessing because a lot of people honestly don't have that. You know, they wake up lost. They don't They don't know what it is they want to do with their future. And that's kind of a scary place to be because you're kind of just floating around in space. And um, time is money, and everybody knows that. You only live once, and you only get one life, and you don't know when that expiration date is going to happen. So you got to take advantage of every moment that you have. And so um, that's what I'm trying to do. I like, I just know forever is not a real it's not a reality it's gonna be an expiration date and you want to be as productive as you can you know you don't want to be that milk that goes spoiled in the refrigerator you didn't even get a bowl of cereal out for nobody <laughs> you want to you want to actually be useful and so that's all i'm trying to do and uh and i want to inspire other people to do that as well you're doing a very good job with that. yeah so appreciate your time can I ask um, you a question before yes. I go? How's yeah. your last time I I saw you? Your mm -hmm. your were still your arm was still recovering. Mm -hmm. well, it's still been? it's still recovering, but it's gotten a lot stronger than before. Um, so it's making progress in the right direction. So I'm happy about that, and like I can get it up here. I'm cheating a little bit, but I get it up here without it feeling like it's going to drop straight down to the ground. So. Um, that's progress, and I'll take it for what, what I can uh, get from it. And, you know, I see myself in the future picking up a camera again and getting back to what I really love. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm not going to sit here and cry about it. I'm just going to continue to be productive. And, you can write a book. Yeah, you know, <laughs> if that's what it is. Um, you know. Well, I'm glad to hear it's getting better, and we hope that it heals all the way soon so you can get back to photographing. Me too. Like I said, I appreciate your time and keep doing what you're doing. You're inspiring a lot of people and you're giving people a voice in the essence because there's a lot of people that would not speak on their situation unless somebody asked them that, those questions. And with you and what, what you guys are doing, you guys are asking the questions and you're creating that buzz that everyone needs. I saw the news today and COVID-19 is the trending topic of everything right now, you know. Um, and what I mean by that is it's that serious. You know, um, and it's a shame that some people really at this point just don't care. Um, they really they really don't. And the question is, how do you get people that don't care about it to start caring? That's what the question is. And so hopefully we can figure that out by the end of this year. <laughs> and, um, you know, we we'll get some positive things going on for the future. OK. All right, later. All right. Happy birthday again. Have a good Thank night. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. All right, y'all. So that was my first guest. I'm getting my next one up here right now. We're going to keep the show rolling, keep the requests coming in. Hello. How are you? I'm magnificent. Go ahead and introduce yourself, your name, and where you're from. 
Okay, I'm Dr. Marjorie Robinson. I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, and I just want to wish you a happy and blessed special birthday. Thank you. Thank you so much. This has been the best birthday ever. Yes, the best is yet to come. The best is definitely just to come. Thank you so much. So um, tell us a little bit about what you got going on as far as I noticed you got a lot of uh, a lot to say about COVID-19. So let's hear it. Yes, I do. Because um, it struck me back in March, mm-hmm. March 26th, you know, March 25th was a normal day for me. And March 26th, by the time the sun went down, my life had changed. It had totally changed. And, um, you know, it was early on in the game and I had no idea. And I kept trying to tell myself that I didn't have COVID-19, but mm-hmm. I got so sick. I mean, you, it really took me down. Were you ever afraid of catching COVID-19 before you actually, you know, realized you had it? Was it no. one of those things you was just like, I hope I don't get that, you know? That's what it was. That was my attitude. You know, yeah. I was doing everything that I could possibly do to mm-hmm. avoid it. But at the time, I had this little part-time gig. I was doing it, working in a hospital. Mm-hmm. I was managing a gift shop in a hospital. So, and that hospital just happened to be one of the hospitals that it emerged in. Mm-hmm. And um, I just I just got it, you know? I got it, but I fought and I fight every day. And COVID is not going to win. Yeah, You know, I refuse to, to give in to it. And that's, I just got the right attitude for it, you know. So that's you, why I'm so vocal. Are you currently feeling symptoms of COVID-19 or have you been cleared from it? No, I'm not cleared. Actually, um, it formed some nodules in my lungs and mm-hmm. it left a lot of scar tissue. And the nodules that it formed in my lungs, um, they went in and did a biopsy to make sure that they weren't cancerous. Mm-hmm. So they're not cancerous, but COVID-19 left them there. So gotcha. that's kind of where I am now. You know, I um, after being gaslit by my first doctor, mm-hmm. I was able to get a, a second doctor, and she was able to hook me up with a great lung specialist. So together, by the grace of God, you know, they're working with me. Well, that's a blessing. Um, I'm going to make sure I continue to pray for you because I want you to come out here feeling strong like Superwoman. Thank you so much. Thank uh, you. Oh, you ain't done yet. I got another question for you. Okay. So, so um, how do you feel about people um, not wearing masks? I've noticed there's um, actually a couple, there's a group of people out there protesting in the streets against wearing masks, saying that it is their freedom, it is their right to not wear a mask. How do you feel about that when you see stuff? It, that's why I'm so vocal. That's mm-hmm. why I am so vocal because, you know, it's something as simple as a mask can save their life and save them from what you and I and so many other people have went through, then I'm just trying to do everything to get them to understand because, you know, contrary to what's being said, uh, COVID-19 is no joke. Mm -hmm. It is no joke. And and like I said, if a mask can save your life or save a family member's life, then just put the doggone mask on. Just wear the mask. I don't see what's so difficult about it if you know the cause behind it. No one's yes. trying to take your rights away. Nobody's trying to force you to do anything. The reason behind it is because we don't we don't have a cure for this right now. No, the we only don't. thing we know how to do is to prevent it from happening. That's and right. I, I really don't understand why people are so uh, driven to go against that grain. Uh, like I, I don't understand it. It's like you don't mm-hmm. care about other people. At that point, when I look at someone that's not wearing a mask, I look at you like you're being selfish. That's what it is. You only care about yourself. And that's exactly what it one is. Of, one of the things I don't like about the virus the most, other than the fact that it's killing people, is the fact that it's sneaky. It is so sneaky. Yes. You it know, is. there are carriers of the virus that have no symptoms. No symptoms. And they can walk in the same room and brush up against me or you, and yes. it'd be fatal for us. And that's know? right. And that's so, right. So that's one of my things about the whole mass situation. Um, but I do appreciate you for um, using your voice. Thank you. One. And I do thank want you. you to continue to progress and get better, okay? 
you too now and you enjoy your birthday and be blessed and we're going to keep on doing what we're doing you know exactly. there is their truth and there is our truth and exactly. we won't stop they can't make us be quiet you know god spared our life mm -hmm. so therefore we we on a mission now we are truly on a mission so i'm with you i got your back your front your side i appreciate you and thank you for using this platform okay I will. I appreciate you so much. You have a wonderful All day. All right. Take uh, care now. Bye-bye. This dialogue is amazing, you guys. I appreciate y'all for being so brave and coming up here to uh, actually share this story because there's one person asked me, um, was I ever shy or as far as, you know, not wanting to tell everybody my situation? Because, you know, people might look at you kind of funny. You tell them you had COVID-19. And um, me, honestly, I, I don't look at it as something I should be afraid to discuss with people. I look at it as something that we should talk about because maybe that's an issue. Maybe people aren't talking about it, making it relevant enough to want to change their behavior. So I feel like it's a subject that we should always bring up, especially if you're in the presence of someone that's not taking it serious. That is your opportunity to give your opinion. Hello. Hey, hey welcome, happy welcome. birthday. Thank you so much. Like, I'm just so happy to have a, a birthday this year. Um, you know, I gave my whole entire family and friends a scare as far as not um, being here. But I'm here. I'm talking to you. And uh, we're going to stay positive and keep moving forward. I, I found myself a couple times today, like, just sitting in my car. And I was just, like, just just thanking God for just making it so I can be here right now, you know? So, um, but I'm not going to talk about me today is all about you guys. So I want to, I want you to introduce yourself, let everyone know what it is you do and who you are. Okay. Well, first of all, I think you're incredible. Um, you know, you're such an inspiration for writing your story and I'm so sorry for everything that you've gone to, gone through and it's great what you're doing you know i'm all the way over in london the uk and you know I, I i can over the atlantic ocean appreciate um the impact you're doing and raising awareness particularly for people of color who are often you know their stories are being left out and mm -hmm. um the disparity of deaths and um, there needs to be more research um and mm -hmm. that's something that i'm trying to work with um activist groups we are body politic um, mm. and university college london to get people to fill in a survey um but yeah my name is monique and i um draw and i do artwork uh called this called still ill corona diary which is at underscore corona diary on instagram mm. and it's like i guess a online journal of my experience since being sick in march from covid Wow. You know, I don't understand what is it about the month of March, because everyone I've talked to, they all told me the same month, March. I wonder if that's something we should look into as far as the statistics speaking of how many people caught COVID in March, because from everyone I've talked to, that seems to be the common month, you know. Um, so I, I'm just thinking, you know, out of speculation, if that is could be something to look into, you know, it's something about March. I don't know what it is, but let's let's hear about you. Um, as far as when did you start f first feeling symptoms and how bad did they get for you? I'm glad you mentioned that. There were so many things that are spooky about this year and the parallel kind of experiences that people have. Obviously, loads of people have been sick since March, but a mm -hmm. huge amount. Uh, did so me and my friend we got sick um after we think it was after boarding a train in london uk um mm -hmm. that was before lockdown it was before masks uh mm. that were being used in in uk and europe and um like uh, the first sort of 12 hours didn't notice anything and then it actually hit me um in the evening the next day on the sunday and i was like oh like i don't feel great um i don't feel good and i think i drank some booze that night because i can't remember why i think i'd had like a really tough week and um 
And then I woke up and I was like, my friend texted me saying, you know, uh, Mon, I, I didn't feel great. And I was like, no, I don't feel great either. And she was uh -oh. like, and, yeah, exactly. Uh-oh. And we were like Beavis and Butthead, like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. We felt so stupid. But, it, but to be fair, lockdown hadn't started. So, you know. At this point, thought, you guys are thinking everything is pretty much normal. We thought we could, yeah, we didn't, like, we we thought we thought we were okay because loads of people were still using the train then, but mm. we obviously weren't. And um, so then I, like, told my work, like, text them, like, I think I'm, I've got to self-isolate because I don't feel good. But I was yeah. strong enough to cycle in, like I usually do to work, um, which would it's about a six or seven-mile cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I didn't and that's something that I kind of want people to know because when you first come down with this it's different for everyone but for me it, it didn't seem that bad at first mm -hmm. um but then it was like a waterfall of symptoms like more and more stuff and then the second week was when my breathing changed yeah mm. so when your breathing changed um you, go ahead and explain a little bit about that yeah well um, fortunately, I was never admitted like you. I, I, um, I, I have not been on a ventilator. I was never admitted to hospital mm. in the UK. I couldn't even get tested for COVID. Wow. But um, the breathing change was breathless at rest. And mm -hmm. it sort of just came almost like the clock struck midnight. And I just remember it just changed. And... Um, and it was like breathing through a plastic bag with like a few holes in it. Yeah. I was just like, because I'm like very high. That's a very scary feeling, isn't it? Because you Terrifying. always, I mean, as, as we are living, um, we're so used to being in control of our oxygen and how we breathe. And then the moment you lose that control, that's a situation where you just don't know what's going on. You start immediately thinking the worst. How did it like, like did you feel the same way with your breathing change or was it different you know it's funny you asked me that because the first thing I thought that came to my mind was how I've always been a tough guy so like I'm the guy that never you know if I get a scratch I'm good I'm just gonna keep moving forward but with the the whole breathing situation for me it felt as if it was just a humid day outside you know where it's like uh, 90 degrees but it feels like 120 you know a day like that outside and um i was just trying to find this fresh air and i could never get it yeah. you know yeah and um so for me i would describe that it would be a symptom of my shortness of breath if you would call it that but uh it it just kind of got overlaid by the the um fever which took precedence over everything my fever would not break um, it was very high, and that's what originally got me to the hospital with my fever. Right. Um, and then, like I said, by the time I got to the hospital on the third trip, it had progressed to double pneumonia. So, oh. yeah, so double pneumonia, and then, like I said, the fever still would not break. So, from the double pneumonia, I ended up on the ventilator, and while I'm on the ventilator, somehow I ended up developing blood clots in my lungs and um, kidney issues and liver issues because what a lot of people forget about fevers is the reason that's so dangerous is because they start shutting down your body functions after a while. When your body starts to overheat, your organs start to fail. So it's so important that if you have a fever to get rid of it as soon as possible um, because that's why, you know, they make it a big deal. If your temperature is 104 degrees, it's not because you just high. It's because there are other parts of your body that can't function properly when they're yeah. overheating, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was what I had to go through as far as the fever. Now, as far as your recovery process, would you say you're 100% or do you feel like you're about stuck at 80%? It's a good question. Um, I don't know. It still feels like the virus is in me. Like, um, mm -hmm. I've got all sorts of, like, I relapsed in July and that shook my confidence because I could see on my pedometer that 
like slowly i was on my last day of being well i did twenty five thousand steps that's how kind of much mm -hmm. i like to move around yeah but mm -hmm. then like following that week i was like uh, average under a thousand but it was climbing up and then i had a complete relapse wow. where um i was like <gasps> like this and um it, after hoovering my room for a couple of minutes and the mm. dust i think maybe set something off and uh maybe an autoimmune response who knows and yeah. um and it's uh what was so frustrating was that i thought i was sort of at least slowly getting better and then after that it was it just didn't make any sense and i've had a lot of uh the breathing's better now and i've been walking um Doctors don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I so, mean that's a um, good thing though that you're breathing better. Yeah, yeah, better. it is good. Um, I'm just really nervous about yeah. sort of pushing myself enough for recovery, but not doing too much so that um, you relapse. Exactly, um, and I have like a lot of nerve issues, um, mm -hmm. so I get like little twitches. And um, now, did the nerve issues come from COVID, or was it before you had it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had 30 plus symptoms over like seven months. So it's, it is like, um, you know, you, you, I stopped telling some of my friends about it now because yeah. I just, I just get bored of it. <laughs> you know, um, it's funny because since we're speaking about the nerve damage, a lot of people, they see me, you know, the Instagram and, um, and in person. And they, it's easy to assume somebody is good because they're not in the hospital physically. Um, a lot of people look at my situation. They say, oh, he was on a ventilator for 12 days. He did 40 days in the hospital, rehab. And now because he's home, he's good. Like, it ends there. When really, they got to remember that when you come that close to death or just, it doesn't even have to be death. When you're hospitalized, for any reason, there's a recovery process that has to take place also at home. And um, part of the um, the support you get from, I'm talking close family members and close people that actually know you, it's easy for them to assume you're good. Mm -hmm. So for me, with my, my nerve damage situation, you know, I beat the COVID. And so now I run into people and they say, hey, man, how you doing? Uh, and then when they try to shake my hand, it's like I I have to sit there and tell them, like, look, I got nerve damage in my hand. Or there's okay. plenty of people that um, are reach out to me on Instagram. They're still hitting me up for photo shoots. And I'm like, I don't know how you follow me on Instagram and not know what I've been through yet. Like, yeah. it's so weird to me. But I don't uh, take it no type of way. I just explain to them, yeah. you know, what happened. But it's always that reminder to me of where I'm headed, where I need to go. Like, I can't just give up on my my career and what it was I was doing. This is just a minor setback for a major comeback, you know? And so that's one of the things I had to deal with when it came to nerve damage. I just thought I should share that since we're talking about it. Because nerve damage is not always visible. Yeah, I'm, glad. I'm so glad you did because um, you seem so composed and mm. strong and um you obviously are open about everything you've been through but like to hear just the the details it yeah. it means a lot to someone like me because um i know just because to to see um a man who seems yeah you're a young guy to be like no no i'm hurting as well you know yeah. and it's taking time because um, like you said, you think about being in hospital and that's where the hardest bit is. But mm -hmm. I can't imagine what it must have been like for you to leave the hospital and have to recover. Because then they say that after being on a ventilator, that's really traumatizing for your body as well oh, as yourself. Yes. <laughs> there are things that I went through at 26 years old that I would not wish on nobody. And that all came strictly from um, waking up off of the ventilator. Um, when your body goes to sleep, here's a good example. When astronauts go out of space, they work out more out of space than they do when actually here. And that's because 
there's less gravity. And when there's less gravity, you're, you are naturally lighter. So you have to work out twice as hard to keep those muscles. Because when they come back to Earth, if they have not been working out out of space, the gravity will feel so heavy on them, they wouldn't be able to walk on them. Oh, okay, okay. That's why they work out in outer space. So now yeah. you use that in comparison to being on a ventilator where your body mm. is completely not moving. That means you're not using any muscles at all while you're laying down. Now, if you're on a ventilator for two days, okay, you're going to be fine as far as you're not going to have to work as hard as somebody that uh, I haven't seen someone on a ventilator for 100 days on one of my Facebook groups. So I'm looking at that person like, and I thought 12 days was bad. I can't yeah. imagine 100 days on a ventilator. Because um, I know just on 12 days, I had sitting up was a challenge for me. Right. You have to truly take baby steps. And I explained this in my book in detail. But just to summarize it, you're starting from scratch. Not because you don't know how to do it. It's because you have to build up that muscle to do it again. Mm. So Your body's been deconditioned basically, even yes. after 12 days. Yeah. yeah, and I just remember feeling so dehydrated. Even though they were giving me plenty of fluid, I just had this feeling of I want water. I wanted so much water when I was in the hospital. Um they I think they nicknamed me Water Boy because <laughs> <laughs> because the nurses would have to bring me pictures at a time. Water tastes so good to me when I was in the hospital. I don't know why. I didn't need that nothing else. Been... Yeah, well did they like how did they keep your mouth moist? Well mm -hmm. um Vaseline they used to put, use that um, one of the things that I really didn't like was they would brush your teeth with kind of, uh, I don't even know what to, what to compare it to. I guess, imagine getting your teeth brushed with mouthwash instead of actual toothpaste. That's what it no. was like. Yeah, that's what it, that's what it was like. Um, it, I didn't really like it too much, but I really appreciated it though, because the nurses had to actually take their time to do that those nurses in the hospital i was at mm -hmm. was absolutely phenomenal they were amazing you know what i'm saying they um really took their time and because i think i was young you know as far as my case they always looked at me as a son um or, or someone like cl that close to family in that situation and they would not let me give up on myself or anything like that when i was in the hospital so I think it's important to to um, definitely give credit to the caretakers out there that are risking their lives daily um, and yeah. putting their families at risk every time they go show up to work. Um, it's so easy to just kind of forget about them because anything in life is, if it's out of sight, it's out of mind. Yeah. You, know, you mm -hmm. don't think about it until it's right in front of your face. But yeah. that doesn't mean it's still not operating when you're not paying attention to it. You know, so I always, every second I get, I just want to say thank you to the nurses out there and all the caretakers. Mm. Absolutely. But, um, what time is it over there where you at in the UK? I know it's really late over there. It's it's twenty to midnight, but okay. it's all good. It's all good. I um, I didn't pay. I was like looking at my clock, and yeah. then I didn't look, and then I was like, oh no, I'm, <laughs> I was a bit late to join. So. Um, it's all good. I yeah, tried to but, call you twice up here just to wake you up in case you fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate well, you for coming. Hey, like, thank you. It's so lovely to talk to you at last. And yeah. I think the show's awesome. Um, and I want to also join you and say thank you to all the medics and healthcare professionals and carers, people working mm -hmm. on the front line all around the world, looking after the vulnerable, especially as well, even like delivery people, because... Mm -hmm. You know, I, oh yes, especially them, the ones that's out yeah. there getting my book to people safely <laughs> and uh, making sure they're not catching any kind of virus in the process. <laughs> that's right. They're dropping off, yeah, your book to all the homes and it's medicine so and supplies as well. And they're doing it so fast. I ordered my book yesterday, and it's here today. I'll make so, sure. I mean, that was one day. That was wow. one day. So wow. yeah, they're doing it, and uh, just you know, it's a it's a team effort from every uh, walk of life. And, and that's down to the civilians 
and all the way up to the first first responders. You know, it's a it's a team effort. Can I ask you one question? Go ahead. Um, do you think twenty twenty is cancelled? Twenty twenty is cancelled. Yeah, no. do you think it's no, no? It's not. Okay, absolutely cool. not. You know why? Why? Because I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> twenty twenty will only be cancelled if I didn't make it. We're here. And, you know, um, not to say that in a way to take away for anyone else that lost their life. I'm just saying that we have a fighting chance, you know, um, to, to put an end to this. We're at war with a virus, and we will not allow the virus to win. That's what I'm saying, you know. So we're on the same team here. Hell yes. It's not over yet. Not yeah, over. Cool. <laughs> not by a long shot. Thank you. Great stuff. Lovely to like, speak to you. I hope you have. Uh, what time is it over there? Uh, right now it is seven forty-four. I actually got family here. Uh, they they got a birthday party for me downstairs. <laughs> it's not a lot of people. It's just a small group to be safe. But you know, I got them waiting on me downstairs, so I'm gonna go ahead and try and rock this <laughs> uh, up. Well, bless nice. you for doing this on your birthday. Enjoy yeah. the rest of your evening and take care. Thank you so much. Happy birthday. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So I got enough time for one more person that want to get up here and share their story. We'll be moving on to the next one. Hi. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> on I, I, now. I couldn't get off without getting you up here to tell us your story. I know. It's like, I'm so proud of you. Happy birthday. Congratulations you so with your book. Everything. I'm so proud of you. And we I are all surviving. Amen. How are you doing? I am um, hanging in there. I had a long day, had a stress test, and um, I made it through that. So, amen. That's yes. all I will say. <laughs> I'm happy you made it. So, go ahead and um, tell everyone about yourself, where you're from, and uh, what you got mm -hmm. going on. So, everybody, good evening. My name is Dr. Hoden. I am a board certified OBGYN, women's health expert, speaker, and author. But, most importantly, I'm a COVID survivor times two. I had it the first time in. April uh, mm -hmm. from work and wow. not that many people would like to you know um, allow us to share our true stories a lot of healthcare workers that got it from work that it was not really frowned upon to share that mm -hmm. um, and I survived that I took three months of work off I spent a whole month in the hotel room so I could protect my family and mm -hmm. and that was great uh, my parents were with me and my family so I had lung damage I have asthma I have high blood pressure and um, the second time I got it um, from asymptomatic uh, family uh, member and was, I'm proud of them. They called me as, uh, as I started to develop symptoms, they started to develop symptoms. My father and I both got it. Mm -hmm. And um, he had three days in the hospital. I had eight days in the hospital. Most wow. of those days were in the ICU. Luckily, I, I did not get to the vent because to be quite honest with you, the way my Mary, my son keeps calling me because now he wants to talk to me. Um, my no, son, <laughs> my, uh, excuse me, my um, my lungs wouldn't make it, and so um, for me the damage was more severe this time. And mommy mm -hmm. and, and ICU, um, they told me there was nothing left after I got the plasma and the redesimir because it went. My liver test went up. Wow. So I said, I have one more thing up my sleeve that helped me survive the first time, which was IV vitamin C high dose. And that mm -hmm. was by Dr. Farhan, who had studied the SARS. Remember SARS in, in the early 2000s? Mm -hmm. And he had this, um, he studied that when he was a doctor back then. He saved a lot of doctors and a lot of people with his clinic in Arizona. Yeah. So I begged for three days to get that IV vitamin C. I was on 15 liters of oxygen, okay, blasting at me at 50%. So you imagine 60, 60 miles an hour air coming at you wow. with the nasal cannula. Finally, they let me have the big thing just to breathe because my lungs were that collapsed and I was that close to be on the vent. Like you, my Man, friend. That's amazing. And I said, I'm not going on a vent unless you give me this IV vitamin C. And God bless Dr. Barbara Jones, who called into the hospital to speak to the pulmonologist to get me that IV vitamin C. And within two days, I was out of the ICU. But like you said, wow. when you get out, that's when the work begins, right? Exactly. That's when the real work begins. Two months later, I still have my oxygen. I'm grateful for it. My lungs are still so working I'm, hard. I don't mean to cut you off, but how long was mm -hmm. it before you caught COVID the second time? 
So it was four and a half months apart. And you know, they say the immune system, especially if you've had a really bad um, um, experience or tough out, uh, uh, experience with it the first time, your immune system gets you a little longer. Well, mm -hmm. I got exposed four and a half months later. So mm -hmm. I guess my immune system was up in protecting yeah. me. My immunity was up. So yeah. I was fair game. And um, the second time, you know, it's, it, it is now, I've seen a lot of people like my colleagues that I didn't have before, uh, mm -hmm. that heart racing, more fatigue. Um, I'm swollen up. Look at my face right now. Yeah. If you look at my original pictures, I was not like this. This started like at um, the beginning of this month. Yeah. And my legs were swollen and my whole body swollen. And so people, it's not a two-week, like, wake up, snap out of it. Yeah. You go back to work or you come out of the hospital. People see me and on the social media like you, and then they see me and they come to visit me recently. And may God rest his soul, my father passed away um, oh, a couple of weeks ago. Thank you. No, we had a beautiful time. We survived COVID together. We went on mm. a beautiful vacation. And three days later, he just went for a walk and um, unfortunately was hit by a car crossing the street. Oh, man, that's so, terrible. That was a sudden loss, but his memory and his way he took care of his health, that's why he survived COVID, because he took the time to take care of his health and his memory, his legacy is in me. So I'm yeah. going to take care of better my health because we have to, and we're grateful, and we have to encourage our nation to know that we are here, we are long callers, and we ain't going nowhere. And this is not a joke. It's not a flu, right? Yeah. And um, I'm so proud of you for allowing us to share our stories. And my story is that you can get it a second time. Don't give up. You got to keep smiling through it because you don't be good days and bad days. But the yeah. most important thing, like you said, may rest of soul those who are gone, is we're still here. We can go hug our family. I can go exactly. hug my boys. Not even the three and the six-year-old boys. I'm still a mom, still a wife. Mm -hmm. I may not be as, as, you know, the all capacity in my medical profession, but I still have my mind and my energy to share with women and about wellness and health. That's not going away. And you so, can still create new memories. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's a deep. That's deep. Everything that you've been through. And, you know, one thing about this COVID-19 situation, um, when you try to look at the bright side of things, it's putting yes. a big light on a lot of people and on just how strong they are. You know, it's 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 really amazing um, to see people still standing. In spite of, despite everything they've been through, you know, um, it's, it's one of those things that's just so remarkable to me. Because you know what we learned, that humbling experience for me is I, be I became more religious in that moment of time is like, like you said, like, here I am a doctor. I'm the one that's on the other side of that of that bed in charge, mm -hmm. making critical life decisions. I never thought I was God. I always believed I was just the medium that he used. Mm -hmm. But to be in that moment and be so fragile, and to be told there's nothing left for you and mm. that you're breathing just to breathe, you know? Yeah. And um, the people who gave me the most strength were the nurses, like you said. They were the respiratory therapists. They were the nurses' aide that came to my aid was like, you look so out of it today. Like, you need to fight. What do you need? And I said, I need to feel clean. And yeah. she helped me clean and helped wipe me down. And then the next day, I was ready to fight, you yeah. know? So those are the people that need to be acknowledged, like of you said. Course. You know, and I, I, definitely, I love my doctors, but the hard work and the real people right there beside you, bedside, yeah, those are the ones that are keeping us motivated. And, and, and I have to mention what they they cut down the visitation, so like they're there, they become your new family in a sense, yeah, exactly. They would tell me, Hey, your dad's doing upstairs, okay, so yeah. I'm gonna need you to get it together. And um, you're need, you need to be shifted out of this room. I was like, yeah, I'm ready to get out of the ICU with you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go home like my daddy. <laughs> yeah. So thank you. And God bless you. And no matter what life happens, everybody, you got to remember, you're just a human being. And there's it's all above us. Just do your best. Exactly. Wow. I mean, I have no other words. What you said <laughs> was so valuable that, I mean, if you don't learn nothing from that right there, I don't know what to tell you. You know, uh, I just really appreciate you for being strong and willing to share your story because this is why I feel sharing your story is so important and why I do it all the time. It's because for those people that don't believe or are skeptical or think it can't happen to them, mm -hmm. we're living proof that it can. We've yeah. been to the, we done been to the battlefield and we done returned. And now we can put light on those people that didn't make it. And we can right. also warn those people 
what could possibly happen to them, but they don't pay attention. You right. know, um, so keep doing what you're doing. Keep staying strong keep, and keep motivating and, others. Right, and keep wearing your mask, y'all, like this. Yeah. What did we say? This can save lives. We said if you just do this, 100,000 people could be saved by next year. So if you want more family members in the at, your, at, your, at, your, at your events that you're planning for 2021, you want to come back to somewhat of a normal life. All it takes is a mask and just be just be real and be honest and care about your loved ones and even strangers. So yeah. that's I'm going to leave with that. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. God bless you. That was amazing, guys. That was that was absolutely amazing. Wow, man, that story right there just hit home so much. Um, I appreciate everyone that tuned into the podcast. You guys can definitely listen to it again, share it, let all your friends know about it. It's King Legend Talks with me being a COVID nineteen survivor. Um, you know, I just figured it, with the life that I've been given a chance to uh, express myself. I have to. I feel like it's an obligation to um, to just create that awareness. I cannot allow myself to go through a life-threatening experience like that and not warn the next person. That's almost like falling off a cliff and hanging on with one hand and not telling somebody that that's the end of the road and allowing them to go walk in it. So we're in this together. And we are, our goal is to preserve life. And we're going to do it one person at a time if that's what it takes. Um, you guys feel free to follow me right here on Instagram, KingLegs057. I'm also on Twitter. We could talk about it. Uh, follow the show on Spotify at King Legend Talks. So thank you so much for your time. And I'm about to go enjoy the rest of my birthday. This is a special edition of King Legend Talks. Y'all take care. Remember to follow me live on Instagram at KingLegend757. Turn on those post notifications so you don't miss a beat.